praise the Lord. Right, so uh, before I start talking, right, I want to play a few seconds video for, it to, uh, for you guys uh, so that I can set the tone of this message. So are we ready? Are we good? So it's on your, yeah, fantastic. It's coming up shortly. It's the last one on this. That's it. Praise the Lord. Right. So that's just to bring back memories of you get some of you guys wedding day. What it looks, what it looked like, how it felt. Amen. Maybe we should give you a few seconds to think about what your wedding day felt like. I was tempted to share my wedding day photos, but uh, some of you might doubt my salvation, so I had to leave it aside because the kind of dance I was doing on my wedding was not very, very spiritual, I know, or spiritually doesn't look like the dance of a spiritually minded person like a pastor so so that you guys don't go back home and doubt is this man born again so i i didn't share my personal video but i hope that video brought back memories of your wedding day hallelujah and for single people watching or listening okay well watching if you're listening you may not have been able to watch that but you can go on youtube and find the video or go on our church website you find you find this message and you find the video for single people right you might have envisioned i praise the lord hallelujah envision your wedding day what's gonna look like right and then life after wedding unfortunately most of the time when the bride right the bride-to-be is preparing for the wedding right they don't think about life after marriage after wedding you only think about the wedding event, you know, the specification, the kind of chairs. So be careful, don't call that chair maybe because my cost riders in your marriage, the kind of chair. <laughs> One day I'm going to be very serious in my life. <laughs> Amen. So I don't look at Jolomi's face, praise the Lord, right? So the kind of chairs you want for your wedding and all kind of stuff. Lord Jesus, okay, ah. Uh, Thank God the Lord is with me and has given his angels charge over me to give me all my ways. So after this service, <laughs> the angels will protect me. <laughs> Amen. The kind of chairs you want for your wedding and uh, the kind of dress you want to wear. And some of you have already planned to go broke uh, for your wedding. You know, <clears throat> I mean, not in, not in those terms, but the way you're going about it, the things you want to spend money on, you know, those destination, uh, your destination on the day, the kind of you want to hire obviously after the wedding you're gonna be broke <laughs> amen or you will not be able to afford a down payment for a mortgage right so i'm gonna be addressing a few of this a few items of this this morning praise the lord right so our main text for this uh service let's go back to philippians chapter 2 verse 3 to 8 philippians 2 so this is the main text for the series Philippians 2, 3 to 8. Right, so let nothing, this is the New King James Version, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each, each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a burnt servant, and coming in the likeness of men, 
and being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Amen. So, the verse in this text that we are still focusing on is uh, verse 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Right. We, we established last week that uh, selfishness you know, breaks relationships. Selfishness divides. You know, uh, God wants the body of Christ to be united, to be one, so that we can experience a synergistic effect that advances the gospel. Amen. The Bible says, um, uh, one shall chase a thousand. How can one chase a thousand and two put 10,000 to flight? The Bible telling us how, how powerful it is when people work together towards a common goal to the same end. Right? When believers work together to the same end, not thinking of what they can get out of it, not thinking of taking advantage of the other part or the other party or other people, uh, taking advantage of other people to get to what they want, but working together with people for a common goal, for the benefit and the good of all, for the cause of Christ, is a powerful thing. Amen. So we tried, last week I, I looked at the church. Today I'm looking at marriage. Marriage. So after the service last week, as I was meditating, the Lord impressed in my heart that He would like me to talk about you know, becoming a selfless Christian in marriage, becoming a selfless spouse. So this service, this sermon is going to be a blessing to um, marriages that are already doing well, you know, and this is going to strengthen you much further in your marriage, helping you to see areas where you might be practicing selfishness. And if any marriage struggling, I want to believe that this, this message is going to help you and your spouse to get stronger. And if you are divorced and trusting God to remarry, you probably will learn from learn a few things that was not right or correct in how you approached marriage in your previous marriages and what to look out for in your next marriage as you go as you trust God for another part, uh, spouse. And if you are single, this will help you to look inward and see the things you need to start dealing with so that you don't constitute to uh, the data of dysfunctional marriage. Um, uh, Christian homes are breaking. Friends, let me be clear about one thing. Let me be clear about one thing very important. Marriage is not the problem. The people in the marriage is the problem. Marriage is not the problem. The people who make up the home are the problem. I repeat, marriage is not the problem. The people who go into the marriage relationships are the problem. Now, marriage is not an entity of its own such that people throw stones at it. You know, marriage is this, marriage is that. Who makes up a marriage? Okay, marriage is composed of a man and a woman who come together in holy matrimony. So it's two people working together towards an end. They better ensure that the end they are working towards is, a, uh, is, a, is an end that will benefit both parties, not a personal or selfish end. I'm giving you clues into my, 
into my, into my message today. Amen. So if two parties in the marriage relationship are working towards a selfish end, then how can marriage be helpful? How can it be healthy? How can it bless people? Don't forget our definition of uh, dictionary definition of selfishness. You know, lacking consideration for other people, concerned chiefly with one's own personal profit or pleasure. Lacking consideration for other people. Now, to be concerned excessively or exclusively for oneself or one's own advantage, pleasure, or welfare, regardless of others. That's Wikipedia's uh, de uh, de definition. So, selfishness is self-focused. My advantage, what I can get. Single people, single people listen to this carefully. There's a common question that goes out to single people. What do you want in a marriage? What do you want in a man? What do you want in a woman? It reminds me of a time I was having a chat with a guy whom we used to attend a church together, uh, the same church back in the day. And you know, we were at, we at this food restaurant and we, I don't want to give free advertisement. And um, I asked him, I said, what are you looking for in a woman, in a wife? Then he brought out this piece of paper with a long list of the items, of the qualities and the characteristics he wants in a woman. But trust me, this guy is not, based on his character, he's not qualified to marry such a woman that has such qualities. Because himself has a lot of things to fix in his life. He's very selfish on many instances. So the question I'm going to play to young people, to single people as this. No, when I say okay, young and yeah, single people. You might be young, you might be old, whichever one. Right. The question is this. What you're looking for in a man or a woman to be your spouse? Do you fit do, do you, your character? Does it fit? Or is it, do you, does your character qualify you to be married by such a person? Mm -mm. Let's, let's, let me rephrase it. So you want certain things in a man or a woman, right? There must be this, there must be this, there must be this, there must be that. Understanding, watch the, everything. Yeah? Some of you are talking about a virtuous woman. One day I'm going to preach about a virtuous woman and I'm going to bust some bubbles. Come on, I'm excited to watch the day. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Now, so you all those characteristics that you have listed. Now, if a man or a woman have it, based on your own character, are you qualified to marry such a person? Amen. So, single people, go and think. Because if you start thinking of your own fitness into the life of such person, right, you should start working on your character. How do you fit into the life of this person to add value? Amen. Let's, let's run a little bit. I have a lot to cover with, with you guys this morning. Right. So, marriage, people working together towards a common goal. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Ephesians 5, 21. So that will be the main text for today's teaching. Ephesians 5. A bit of a long read, so let's get started. Watch this. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. So when you hear this thing about, hmm, husband. Love your wife. Wife, respect your husband. She's not respecting me. 
well, the Bible says the husband should love the wife like Christ loved the church. Wife should respect the husband. Amen. Yes, the Bible said it. But the motive of people who demand it and force their way through to get those things is most of the time not correct. Right. So when you hear the tone of the voice I, with which I communicated it, you know that the people don't know what they're saying. Praise God. Watch this. Let's, let's, let's do justice to these verses. Let's take verse 21 again. Because most of the time people start with verse 22. But let's start with 21. It says, submitting to one another in the what? Fear of God. Write down your note. Fear of God. Put it down, put it down, put it down, put it down. Fear of God. Now, is it Proverbs 13, 10, 13? I can't remember now. It says, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. Let me see if I can still remember that. Uh, it's been a long time I read it. Proverbs 10. I need someone to help me find it. The Bible says, uh, that it said, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. Uh, Baby, can you help me find look for it? Hmm? Uh, so let me carry on with this so that I don't take much of our time. Uh, so when Ephesians chapter 5, let me go back there. Why let me happen to find that one? Ephesians 8.13, not 10.13, thank you. Proverbs 8.13 says, To fear the Lord is to hate evil. So the Bible says what? It said, Submit one to another in what? In the fear of God. In the eighteen of evil. Praise the Lord. Verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husband as to the Lord. Don't forget the precedent, the foundation of this conversation, of this instruction. Fear of the Lord. Hello? Fear of the Lord. Single people. Now, your husband may demand you at some point to, to, uh, to respect him. Respect him unto what? Unto the fear of the Lord, unto or unto accommodation of evil, darkness, stupidity. Amen. You know, there was a lady who was hoping I would get married to her before I met Jolomi. And this lady said to me one day, you know, one of the things that our fantasies when she gets married, to get on one day drunk, saying nonsense, and her husband fuming her. <laughs> I was like, Lord Jesus. How, I asked myself, how do I carry myself? Is anything wrong with me? Now, by the way, this lady was a minister in a church, an ordained minister in a church. I was like, I'm rolling with this girl because she's an ordained minister in a church. But is anything wrong with my head? Because I, how am I carrying myself that, somewhat, that a lady thinks I will be the one to hold the phone for her when she's drunk and saying nonsense and she'll play the video the following day? Huh. I said, Lord, so, so, something is not right though. You know, I just can't question myself. Right? So, such a lady will expect me to love her as Christ loved the church unto stupidity and madness. Hello? Now, how does that, re how does that dignify the name of Christ? That someone got the drunk, they were throwing up, and they are saying nonsense, swearing, or saying all manner of filthy things. No, how does that depict Christ? So, if you, as a single person, if that's one of the things you are looking for, in the, in the person you want to marry, you are getting ready for disaster because like attract like. Now, if that is what you want in a man, right? You know what it means? So if you attract a man who thinks like that, uh -huh. 
you know, it's going to bring his battalion to your home and they will get drunk, get wasted. No, so, so what legacy are you leaving behind for your kids? Are we thinking? So I'm trying to get into our thought system as to what we are thinking, what we want out of marriage. The foundation of every marriage should be the fear of the Lord. Respect for the Lord, reverence for the Lord. If the person you want to date or the person you are dating or the person you're caught, you're caught in the courtship, if there's no reverence, respect, deep respect for the Lord, forget about, forget about a sound or a healthy marriage. Forget about it. Don't forget that in, in, in dating relationships, in courtship, people put their best food forward, food forward. When they get married is when you really get to really see I'll put it this way. Marriage will amplify their real character. So if you see traces of lack of respect and fear for the Lord, if you see embracement of evil and darkness, you want to run. Verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husband as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife. Let me, we, we need to digest this. Wives, submit to your own husband as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. So the man be the head of the wife is in respect and context of Christ. This is still introduction. We've not started. And he's the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, just as who? The church is subject to Christ. So who is the example of the man? Who is the role model of the man? Or who should be the mentor and the role model of the man? Christ, not Lucifer. So if the man you are dating, the man you are courting, does not have a resemblance or respect for Jesus, forget it, no show. And mothers, hear me. I'm coming for you mothers next week. Get ready. You know when I started preparing for today's service, the Lord said, after that is parenting. Parent, get ready. By God's grace, I will talk out some darkness in the brain and the mind of parents. Watch out. So that our children can be safe. So who should be the role model of this man? Christ. So we talk about dysfunctional marriages. Marriage is not working. Marriage is bad. But what was your selection criteria for the person you want to marry? What is your selection criteria? What are the do's and the don'ts? What are, what are the likes? Now, most of the time, we allow emotions to drive us and we lose common sense. See, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, see, I'm, I'm, not I'm not trying to condemn people who have a dysfunctional marriage. You don't know better. And that's why I list the categories of people I'm speaking to. You so see, if your marriage is working, if your marriage has not worked, right, it was because you, if your marriage is working, praise the Lord, you also have a responsibility to share the truth with people, right? So I'm also equipping you to do the work of ministry. I can't reach everyone in your own area, the people you, you are called to reach. I can't reach, I may not be able to reach your sister, your blood brother, your niece, your nephew. So you are an extension of the gospel, of the truth, that I'm sharing with you. So you take it and share with the people. You know their circumstance. So you can, you can break it down and let the Holy Ghost help you to explain it. And if your marriage has not worked, right, this is not insulting you. I'm showing you what did not make it work so that the next one you get into, you don't make the same mistake. 
What is your selection criteria? Praise the Lord. <clears throat> so therefore, verse 24, therefore just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. But that everything, put it in Christ. So men, listen to me. Listen, 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 listen. So when you say, you're not respecting me, you're not doing what I'm doing to do. No, 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 You know, I'm not saying when you come for counseling, that's what's going through my mind. I'm just saying that for something sometimes I can wish. Praise the Lord. If you like, don't come for marriage counseling. You will see. Okay, you deal with it. <clears throat> Amen. So when you hear everything, he does, he does not do this, he does not do this. In all the drama and the manifestation and the rip dancing in there. Nonsense. But why should see that come? <laughs> that everything must be in who? Christ. Praise the Lord. Parent, this is a message you keep for your daughters. I might be able to preach it again in the future, but you keep this for your daughters. Me, um, parents, you keep this for your sons. Everything doesn't matter. Let's carry on. <clears throat> I'll take it. Okay. Uh, verse 25. Husbands, love your wife just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Uh, if he doesn't respect me, I can't love her. Now tell me, I want question is this. How well did you respect Christ for him to love you the way he did? Yes. I don't know how he feels. I know how he feels. No, how much respect did you have for Christ to deserve the kind of unconditional love he has bestowed on you? Didn't you read in the book of Romans chapter 5 verse 8 that while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you? You didn't respect him. You didn't regard him. Yes, he died for you. So when Bible says love your wife as Christ loved the church, it's talking about unconditional love, despite our behavior. Now, I am not creeping into the boundaries of um, abuse. That's a different situation. But I'm talking in the context of when a man is demanding respect from the wife. No, it starts with your... Do you... Do you I, I don't think you are reading properly. I don't think we are, most men read these things properly. Though the Bible started with wives respect your husband. But Bible is telling you that you should love your wife as Christ loved the church. Your own, your own responsibility is much higher than our own. Right. Because though respect your husband came first, right? But loving your wife as Christ loved the church is superior. Loving your wife as Christ loved the church means th that. Even before your wife respects you, you must love her. <laughs> Even before your wife respects you, you must love her. Love your wife as Christ loved the church. All of, all of us know how we, have, we can be temperamental and how we misbehave in church. Our consistency. All of us know that we are a work in progress with the Lord. Yet Christ loves us, nourishing us, encouraging us, building us up. So when you see, when you, when you read wife respect your, uh, respect your husband and you do not put in context and read and take and digest husband love your wife as Christ loved the church, you are one-sided in your thinking. Somebody has lied to you. 
So in respect to a home, the husband's role in, 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 in maintaining a peaceful and healthy marriage is superior to that of the wife. <clears throat> Amen. Verse 25, take it again. Husband loves your wife just as Christ lo also loved the church and gave himself for her. Everything, sacrificial living. That he might sanctify her, sancti that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without ble blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves, him loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, uh, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason... Hello? 31. For this reason... Say after me, for this reason. For this reason... Repeat after... For this reason... Praise the Lord. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Men, did you hear shall leave his father and his mother? No. Did you hear that? Did you read that? <laughs> I'm not trying to attack men or to, today or to be mean. I'm just asking a question. Did you read that shall leave his father and his mother? Mother-in-laws, did you read that? That the son, your son is meant to leave you. Your son is to leave you and cleave to his wife. Mother-in-laws, are you listening to me? So when you try to poke nose into your son's marriage, praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm trying to calm down so I can know how to really polish this. Okay. Because it may cost rise, so let me be quiet. Son, the Bible says the man will leave his father and mother. So when you invite your mother and your father, or your mother-in-law, your father-in-law. Okay, let's let's leave it at your own father parents. When you leave, or even your aunt, when you leave them to come to, when you leave you, when you invite your family members into your marriage to judge your wife. <sighs> Today is Sunday by the special grace of God. So I'm trying to be nice. Ah, <sighs> with all the respect, you didn't do well. But that's not the word I would have preferred to use, sir, ma, no sir. You didn't do well. You bring your father and your mother to come and to castigate your wife, talk down your wife, because she's not doing the things you want her to do. So it was it's your home is a battle of yourself, your family against your wife. Ah, sir. Thank God today is Sunday. Because I would have said it. But I choose to be a man of clean lips today. Even for God, I would have said your head is not correct. Even for God and Christ, I would have said your head is not correct. cracking up here. If not for Christ, if not for the love of God in me, I would have said your head is not correct. 
Because you have not left your home. Why are you married in the first place? You are not mature. Without, without respect, it's just, it's, just, it's just conversation. Without respect. Okay, let, let me not direct this to you. Such men are not qualified to be husbands. They are still boys. So single boys, listen to me. If you are thinking of inviting your mother, who by, 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 who by the reason of chance has not come to really understand boundaries, or, or, or you have not realized that you are now a man, See, if you have not reached the point where you recognize that you can no longer bring your mother into your affairs when you get married, please do not get married and don't toy with the hearts of ladies. Now, single ladies, listen to me carefully. Listen, 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 listen. Watch out how many times the boy mentions his mother in your conversation. How many times has he mentioned his mother? My mom, this is my mom, do that. I'm going to have my mom. As you sit down talking to the guy, this phone is beeping without my mom. My mom wants me to drive her. <laughs> you need to have some serious conversation. Whereby you draw the boundary. The boy, not with you, the boy needs to ensure that he makes it clear to the mother, I'm getting married. I love you as a mother, but the dynamics of the relationship is changing. Friends, this is still intro. We have not even gotten into it. Amen. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. So, and they shall become one flesh. Now, verse 32 of Ephesians chapter 5. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Paul himself is saying that the concept of marriage, the phenomenon of marriage in the mind of God, is beyond the comprehension of the mind of a human being. Marriage is that good and powerful. There's so much in a marriage. So much. That a human mind cannot comprehend the mystery behind it. Should it surprise you that the devil is attacking homes and confusing people's mind, distorting the marriage? Because it does not want you to see and to hear and to know, to discover the power, the beautiful thing in marriage. Amen. Uh, nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. Right? And let, wife, let the wife see that she respects her husband. So as Paul concludes on this, on this chapter, he said, nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife. So as he's concluding, he puts it in the order. I don't want to say he didn't put it in the right order in the first place, but he puts it in the correct order in a sense. Love your wife first. And wife, as your husband follows Christ, Mod, uh, <clears throat> models Christ in a sense, respect him in everything in the context of Christ. Praise the Lord. So those are about two verse, uh, main texts for the day. Amen. Let's get into this. <clears throat> so let me help us a little bit to quickly understand, to refresh our memory of what marriage is. So this is based on teleology, right? And my study, observation, you know, just to kind of help us on this journey. Now, and I'm trying to put it in, in the context of Christians because here I'm speaking to Christians. I'm not speaking to unbelievers, right? For Christians, marriage is a union of a man and woman to fulfill God's plan and purpose for humanity, right? The union of a man and a woman to fulfill God's plan and purpose for humanity, one of which is procreation. And not just to have children, but to raise godly children. Friends, 
children from ungodly homes or children raised by ungodly parents are major are major uh, problems for our kids in schools today. I have teenagers in church, so I know what I hear, I know what I see. You know, when teenagers are bringing pornographic materials to school, sharing with all their kids, uh, sorry, sharing with all their friends in school, your Christian children, parents, if you don't pay careful attention to your children, the enemy will snatch them in just in the twinkling of an eye. Godly children are constantly being faced with the devil and demons through other children raised by ungodly parents. When your child as a Christian goes to school, right, bear in mind she's going to face some monsters, some what did some beasts, not as a person and a child, but in the content and in the in, in the powers and the influences in the minds of many other children. Praise God. Some girls in school, some teenagers have been, have been sexually abused by their mother's boyfriend. Whom their mother, you know, would not, fr- I mean, the, the mother wants to, hold, having a lot of problems in her life, wants to hold on to this boyfriend, knowing that the boyfriend is sexually abusing the daughter, still keeps the man. So what do you think becomes of that kind of girl? Many girls today are into all forms of promiscuity as a manifestation of rebellion. All manner, I read all manner uh, during the week. During the week, had a lot of stuff as I was preparing for this message. You know, cases upon cases. And at some point, my heart was distressed about the state of marriage of homes in our society. And the underlying root of most of these problems is selfishness. I'm going to get into that shortly. Amen. So, Parents, you have a responsibility to parent. Single person, listen to me. We're going to get into the parenting part of it when we, in, in the weeks we, we, we have a chance to get there. Single, single, single people, listen to me. Let me say a few things from what I'm going to talk about probably in two weeks' time because I don't think I will be able to reach half of my notes today. <clears throat> Your mother may be expecting grandchildren. Your father want to see their grandchildren. I've not had a child yet. I'm already thinking of grandchildren. <laughs> that was, what that was, that was my, my, one of my uh, comedy sessions with my wife yes, yesterday. Like, my grandkids, you know, when they manifest like the kids we saw last week, if you, if you missed it, go watch last week's message. And their parent moon. I just, I'm just going to go to my video archive and search for the day of their manifestation, bring down the video and play it to them. What you sow, you reap. <laughs> I'm just joking. But that's what I'm going to do. So, which means I'm going to be documenting a lot of stuff about my life of my kids. So, back to you, single lady or single guy. Your mother wants grandchildren, right? And she can't wait to see her grandchildren. So, they put the amount of pressure on you to marry and to settle for just any person, anybody. And you marry this ungodly Buffon, who bring ungodliness into your life and who coerce you to raise kids his own way in the way of his father, the devil. And you guys raise kids who are instruments in the hand of the devil to destroy the lives of other children. Can you see the connection? Can you see how things grow? How a bad decision by one person, wrong choice of one person, 
affect many other homes and marriages. Now, in Christendom, or generally as humans, we have not been trained to think about the ripple effect of our actions. So we only think about the pleasure or the benefits we want to get, not minding what implications our action will have on several multiple people out there. Friends, there's no action of yours that is without impact on other lives, whether you do it in isolation or by yourself, with yourself, self whatever it is that you do with yourself is not without implication of on other people whether of good or of evil if you are giving yourself to immoral act watch this you can't hear god you can't be spiritually sensitive if someone is in need of money if they're, if they're in need of a spiritual guidance because you are focused on self and obsessed with your pleasure right you cannot at that point in time be used by god to be a blessing to other people so whatever you do in secret, either to yourself, by yourself, you guys are adults, you know what I'm talking about, or you do with someone else and you think it's not harming other people, it does hurt people. Praise God. So God wants us to raise godly children. So as part of God's plan and purpose for humanity is procreation. God wants the head to be filled with people, right? For people to bring, you know, people are extension of the creative ability of God. People are channels through which God expresses creative abilities, whether they are saved or not. You guys can watch me on Zoom because somebody has a creative ability to create all of those things. You guys can watch YouTube, all of everything created, everything that creates that is created for our own benefit, right? Is an extension of the creative ability of God in human beings. And there's more. You said the so-called, um, what's the problem they have now? Climate change. Many problems we have in the world today, God has solutions for them. And those solutions are in people. One of the reasons why abortion is a crime, because you, do, you have no clue of what that child is capable of creating, the solution he or she is capable of creating to bless humanity. Oh, it happened. I don't even want to talk about how what happens that, that makes some people to have a child, right? But sometimes, because the child seems to be, it's going to be a form of inconvenience to people and that destroy a life that is capable of bringing a revolution and salvation and help to many other destinies. Hence God has, hence God has brought someone like me to help people to understand that, um, one second, I get my phone. All right, thank you, babe. Brought someone like me to help you understand that abortion in, this, in, in a context where it's not a threat to the life of the mother and child is murder. Amen. Is what is murder. Let's carry on. So, point number two what is marriage or the purpose of marriage? Now, to create incomprehensible synergy. To accomplish extraordinary results to bless humanity. Take note of two words. Incomprehensible synergy. You know, not, not understandable to the mind. Not comprehensible to the mind. A synergistic effect to, to accomplish extraordinary results. If we go back to the book of Genesis chapter 11... The Bible says the 
all the people were one and they spoke one language. And God said that these guys, because they are one and they speak one language, that there's nothing, nothing would be impossible to them. Now, these people are just uh, a community of people, or say a nation in a sense. They spoke one language. And I said, for these guys are one, nothing will be impossible to them. Now, if to human beings who are partners, if not, if God says because of because they speak one language, they are working towards the same goal, towards the same end, that nothing will be impossible for them. How much more in marriage? Let's start doing some thinking here. Could it be possible that a marriage relationship can, can turn the world upside down? Just one. Hence, the enemy does not want you to experience that. Does not want you to be a vessel or a channel through which God can walk through because of the disunity in your marriage and bless humanity. As long as the home is dysfunctional, right, godly children will not come out of that. Now, these are the plans and the schemes of the enemy for marriages. Right? And what does, it, what does it work through? It works through the selfishness, the weakness in the life of the individuals in the marriage. So to be selfish in marriage, thinking about yourself, what you can get, your pleasure, to the, to the exclusion of the benefit of, other, of the other party, is demonic. Is demonic. Many people think being demonic is when demons are in you. No, when you manifest the traits, when you act out the traits of the devil, you are you are acting out demonic abilities. When you when, when you when you live your life and think in such a way that is contrary to the plan and the purpose of God to be a blessing to humanity, to bless your spouse, it is demonic. Most of the time, people are expecting demonic to be like oh. Mm. You know, um, a scary thing. I'm sure many of you have seen the devil on the street, but you couldn't recognize it because it looks so plush, so clean. The demons, the deep, the dem, the devils in our world today are, are one of the richest people in the world. Nice house, nice cars, yacht. If you see what's rich people, not all, because I'm going to be very rich, so so that you don't put me, uh, <laughs> you don't think I have a problem with that, with with being rich. What many rich people discuss? You know, I saw some, there was a time I was, I was on a train and I could see that these guys are rich, rich guys. The darkness that these men were plotting, were scheming, were laughing about there in sexual immorality and all manner of stuff. I'm sure these are top executives in companies. was shocking. You guys have seen Sound of Freedom, right? You know why they're attacking Sound of Freedom, the movie? If you're based in the state, if you're able to watch it, you might, you might enjoy it. Do you know the reason why they, many, many people in Hollywood and the government and the media are attacking Sound of Freedom? Because many people, top executives in those companies, in those organizations and the politics are going out out of the country where there are no cameras, no one can watch them to do some high, to commit some heinous crime on humanity. Amen. So true marriages, God wants to create a synergistic effect to bless humanity, to help people, to heal people. You know, as I was meditating on these things, even up until Last night, this morning, you know, I was checking myself and I was just like, Lord, I'm going to work harder on my marriage. Because what I can see in my spirit here, even though I'm, not, I'm still not able to comprehend my mind, Paul himself could not fully comprehend it in his mind. What I'm seeing here, Lord, I want to experience in my lifetime. Amen. And finally, uh, purpose of marriage, right, <clears throat> is to advance the gospel and the kingdom of God 
by exemplifying God's unconditional love to people in a broken world. How do you think people can have, an, have a taste of the unconditional love of God in human, in, in visibly? So when a man, man loves his wife unconditionally, right, like as Christ loved the church, and the wife respects the husband, when both parties submit one to another, when both parties fear the Lord, respect the Lord, hate evil, that is how, that is one of the ways we can exemplify the love of God to people who are not as spiritually minded as us. Not an insult, but I'm saying that they are still natural. There's, many people are asking, they are, have, they are asking questions. They want to be able to see, uh, see the love of God in demonstration. And God has given marriages, couples, an, an amazing opportunity to, to demonstrate that to people. I thank God that we have not missed many opportunities and chances to do that. And we're trusting God for more opportunities and also to excel and to ensure we do it well. Not that we are perfect, not that we've not missed many opportunities, but I'm trusting God for us to have much more opportunities to be able to exemplify the unconditional love of God to demonstrate it to people. Amen. I'm going to shut down here. <clears throat> so according to my notes, this is seven minutes. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I hope that blesses you guys. Uh, this is just the intro. I'm going to be going to the selfish attitudes from next week. And to just give you a tester for next week, there are two main selfish attitudes I want to look at next week, which is um, <clears throat> control and manipulation control and manipulation but i felt it's very important that for me to lay the foundation well lay it right i show you watch this message over as um repeatedly as much as you can Get, check your notes check yourself um identify areas that you need to improve and next week we start looking at manipulation and control in marriages many of us will be surprised to see or hear how we are manipulative and controlling our marriages because most of the time we look at manipulations, but we don't understand or we've not, we've not reviewed the nuances of manipulation and controlling and that's in marriages that destroy homes that are detrimental to the health of our spouses and our children. <clears throat> and also, I'm also going to be looking at five key areas uh, that we need to pay careful attention to when it comes to our marriage. In the areas that we are selfish and um, how selfishness in these areas destroy lives let's bow our heads for prayer father we thank you for this morning in the name of lord jesus for opportunity for us to explore your word thank you for speaking to us from those two verses thank you father for the healing and the restoration that's going to happen in homes or that have already started thank you father for the man for the woman who is taking correction who is not looking at me as a speaker but hearing you speak to them giving them instruction because you want to heal them you want to help them you want to help them to build strong healthy vibrant homes so that your plan and purposes for marriages can be fulfilled, so that we can have godly children, so that we can advance the gospel as we demonstrate your love. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Let's get into it. Right. Um.